Yeah, like we always do with this. Yeah. Yeah, like we always do at this time I go for mine and made plans for yours Cause I got the shine Go bar for bar, go line for line Like Kobe in 99, I'm so close to prime Bad bitch by my side, I'm so close behind We living in a moment, there's no post to vine You think there was a deal that I'm supposed to sign The game's just a mountain that I'm supposed to climb I remember, man, 11 years old when I made it to go Up in Fairville, I related to Cole Fresh bubble jacket, should I hate it? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Film Soliloquy It's a podcast Season 3, baby Season three. Well, you might notice a trend. We uh, take these unplanned seasonal breaks, which is called We Ain't Doing Shit. And then we come back and call it a new season. That's how we roll. It's just like Larry David, bro. He does it when he wants to, man. Yeah, exactly. And the season links, there's no... I think the first season, quote unquote, was like 10 episodes, which was perfect and nice and round number. This last one was like seven. It was? We don't care. I don't know. We pump out quality. That's all that matters to me. And I say, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like when Curb Your Enthusiasm comes out with a season, you cherish it all the more. And it's the same for this show. <laughs> well, if you don't remember how this show works, Jason and I, Jason, my friend over here. Hello. And me, Jeff, we exchange movies. We force each other to watch movies that we've seen, but the other person hasn't. And then that person gets to review it and assign it a letter grade. That letter grade, both parties have to live with, and the person who gave the movie has no say in it whatsoever. For example, should we give someone like, I don't know, John Wick, and they poop on it and give it a C plus? Well, guess who's stuck with saying C plus? Me and Jason, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had a family gathering where we were talking about movies. And they're like, Jason, have you seen John Wick? I'm like, dude, have I? Like, it was great, right? I'm like, yeah, man, that's a great C-plus movie. And they, my, my family looked at me. What? <laughs> I was like, oh, y'all don't listen to the podcast? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't listen to the podcast? So, we, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, off our last episode that we did, we had our guest, Elliot, on here. And he gave us a gem of a film, The Vast of Night, one of the most boring things we've ever seen. And uh, we gave him upgrade, which he gave an A minus, minus A A minus. You know, mm-hmm. so that seemed like an even trade. You know, ah, well, we're I remember the best. I did not. I gave that one a D plus, and you gave it a D minus. We hit that. Sh- I did right in the middle. It, it's a D. Yeah, it's a D flat. <laughs> that movie. All right, well, so we exchanged uh, movies at the end of that episode, uh, and the movie that uh, I was given, I'm going to go first, because I don't remember Jack about this movie, because it's been several weeks, and it's a long movie, and there's a ton (laughs) of characters, and there's a lot going on, and it's just another Scorsese marathon. Thank you. The movie I had to watch came out in 2006. And it stars basically everyone under the sun. Uh, Everyone that's ever been in a Scorsese movie is here, except for maybe De Niro. Mm -hmm. You've got DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg, Martin Sheen. uh, uh, Alec Baldwin's the other big name. Vera Farmiga, who I like because she was in Bates Motel, the TV show. I like that show a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's in here as well. Um and this is a gangster movie, so to speak, uh, as our wonderful 
Jack Nicholson runs uh, a crime family of some sort, and he's brutal about it. And we have Leonardo DiCaprio, who's our pro-tag, right? So he's joining uh, an undercover unit within the police department that's headed up by Martin Sheen. And more specifically, the most angriest man in ever, all of cinema, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I'd hate to work for this guy. <laughs> this, this scene is so crazy. Many, it's like they don't Mark want Wahlberg you. movies do I give you? <laughs> I think I'm All running, of them. I think I'm running out. <laughs> I think I, I would like to see someone take a tally <laughs> and tell me how many Mark Wahlberg movies have been on here. Because we had that one That's a trend. where... Which one? Yeah, I said it's a trend, man. You get, it I is think, a trend. We, Mark Wahlberg knows, is a real... I like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to have him come on the podcast and he can debate me about his acting ability. That'll never happen. Shots fired. Um, and then he'd beat me up and I'd cry. Mm-hmm. He's a large man uh, and he's very angry and he's good in this movie because being angry is one of his best traits. Basically, for like 40 minutes, he berates Leonardo DiCaprio uh, to find out if he's got the mustard to be an undercover police officer. And he is going to go undercover in Jack Nicholson's gang. And he does this by beating up anyone he sees. Uh, He's at a bar and he knows that like some of Jack Nicholson's head guys are there. So he just beats up some guy at the bar. And that gets him in the gang. Because the guy happened to be in Jack Nicholson's gang too. So that's how you get in a gang. You don't get jumped in. You jump someone who's already in the gang. And then you're in. Sound right? 100%. Okay, well, uh, and that's the movie. That's the film. Uh, actually, so in this police department is, uh, a young man who grew up in the mob, uh, in Jack Nicholson's mafia and has gotten a job as a police officer and he's fairly high up in the group. And I'm going to summarize a lot because I can't remember all the stuff. There's so many characters. Yeah, it's not even it, and the movie is long as hell, but it's entertaining the whole time. But yeah, man, I mean, yeah. it would take you basically if you were to summarize the whole movie scene by scene, you'd literally have to describe the entire movie because there's a lot going on. Well, and I really the plot is this: that you've got someone in. Uh, Jack Nicholson's gang who is a police officer and then you have someone who is a police officer undercover in Jack Nicholson's gang and they find out right so the Matt Damon who works for Jack Nicholson but is in the police department as a regular he's not undercover he's a police officer And then you've got Leonardo DiCaprio, who's undercover as a mobster, but he's really a police officer. And they both find out that, A, there's a mole in the police department, and there's a rat in the mob. And so, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Matt Damon gets put in charge of finding out who the mole is. And he is the mole. And he tries to get information from Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg just chews him out. 
says he has sex with his mother or something like that or someone else's mom. I don't remember. And uh, this that's the tension of the film. There's a lot of people getting beat up and shot in this movie. It's great. Um, man, I can't remember all the stuff that he goes through, but it's basically like one of the scenes it, that when they really realize they have a mole, and, well, they realize both parties have a problem, right? So they have the police mm-hmm. are setting up this sting that Leonardo DiCaprio ha- helped him set up. And as they're heading in to arrest everyone, Matt Damon calls Jack Nicholson and lets him know, right? And so it just becomes a cluster. There's a huge shootout. And uh, Mark Wahlberg... No, no, sorry. I, I don't know why he does this. Maybe you can explain it. But Matt Damon, in this shootout, shoots Jack Nicholson. Near the end of the movie, right? Oh, yeah. This towards the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shoot. Um, yeah, I, I, I forgot. I think he got tired of shooting. <laughs> you may be right, because there was a lot of scenes of him. So he's dating Vera Farmiga, and she's kind of getting tired of him being in the mob, I guess. She doesn't really know he's in the mob, and there's some threats that get thrown his way in the direction of Vera Farmiga. Like they're going to hurt her if he doesn't cooperate and that sort of thing. And I guess this is his way out. And it's also a way to cover his tracks as, well, he can't be the mole. He's the guy who shot Jack Nicholson, right? I think that's the thought process. Mm-hmm. And so once this happens, they find out, uh, Sorry, Leonardo DiCaprio comes in and he's like, okay, I'm no, the, my job is done now, right? This mob thing, I'm found out and everything, maybe not even found out, but I'm done. But the problem is, is that they fired everyone who works at the police department that knows that Leonardo DiCaprio's deep undercover, right? They're gone. Wahlberg's gone. Martin Sheen got killed. He got thrown off a roof. That's right. So Martin Sheen's the police chief and he goes to meet up with, does he go to meet up with Leonardo DiCaprio? And then they find out and then the mobsters get there and they throw his ass off the roof. That sounds right. Oh man. Yeah. The boss, the, Martin the main Sheen. guy. Yeah. Martin Sheen. Yeah, uh, it was, he bounced and everything. It was hilarious. So blood splatter. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, that was a good scene too. Like, there's just a lot of great scenes of te- lots of tension in this movie. Of are they going? Tell me this: what was out of out of all the scenes in the movie? Right? What 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 resonates with you the most? Like, what's your favorite? Um, Mark Wahlberg yelling at the beginning. I think that's my favorite. I mean, there's other iconic moments like we're gonna get to, but. I just like watching Mark Mark Wahlberg yell, right? But so the most iconic scene is this. So basically, Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio find each other out, right? They know that you're the bad guy and I'm the good guy. And so Leo goes after Matt Damon and they go to the roof and have a scuffle. And eventually, so basically... Matt Damon has been put in charge of this undercover department and he erases all knowledge of Leonardo DiCaprio 
being undercover. So basically, all the stuff he did can you now be charged for. He's basically a citizen at that point. And it's again, Matt Damon's just trying to cover his tracks. I guess he is trying to get out so he can marry Vera Farmiga. So in order for Leo to get back into good graces, he has to capture this guy and basically get him to confess and set everything right. Okay. So they meet on top of this building. There's a scuffle. Leo gets him um, and has him handcuffed or whatever. And they go in an elevator and when they get to the floor, they're trying to get to the door opens and this dude just shoots Leonardo DiCaprio in the head and kills him. Bro, when that happened, man, and damn, what's his name? What's that dude's name? Anthony Anderson. Blast. And I'm like, no, man. Oh, you're so yeah, close. Yeah, because they do a great job oh, establishing so Leo as the good guy. And he's the guy you want to win, right? And so they, he doesn't even get... So, okay, you make fun of... One of the lines that you say from one of the movies I gave you, uh, Untouchables, what are you prepared to do, right? He doesn't even get that. He doesn't get any kind of goodbye or anything. Pow! He's, he's dead. Nope, just insta-blasted. There's insta. no brains everywhere. There's no... Nothing. He can't say anything. So, the guy... And then... I got it! Matt, Who's your... I love this scene too. All right. <laughs> so the guy who shot Anthony Anderson was it Anthony Anderson? Yeah, I thought uh, it was another. Nope, Anthony Anderson. Okay, I'll take your word for it. You've seen it more than I have. So he's like, "Oh, you didn't know that there were other dirty cops on the force." No. Uh, so what happened was right. Oh, Anthony okay. Anderson yes, you're right. Shoots. Okay. Anthony Anderson is a real cop and he shoots Leo thinking Leo's a bad guy and he's saving Matt Damon who's a good cop and then uh, a dirty cop shows up and shoots Anthony Anderson and he's like hey I'm a dirty cop just like you and Matt Damon to thank him shoots the dirty cop in the head so (laughs) within a matter of minutes there's three homicides (laughs) <laughs> and now Matt Damon is scot-free, right? He's he's done it. He's cleared his past. There's no one left who knows all the stupid stuff and dirty stuff he's done because he's either killed them or he's killed them. That's it. He's killed the people that got in his way. So he's he gets <laughs> no jail time. The problem is is that Vera Farmiga has left him. So now he doesn't get the girl that he did all this killing for. And when he gets home. The best character in his movie's there. The angriest well, man. she in- didn't really leave. Well, yeah, she left them. She Didn't she leave but- him a note? No, so, like, he, she got a note from the dude, uh, from, from uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's a tape. Right. And it's a tape of him, you know, being a dirty cop. Right, and she's pissed. Right. I forgot what happened to her, though. But yeah, I thought she... Well, so that <laughs> happened. But I thought when he got mm. home, there was like... Yeah, when he got note. home, he was, yeah, he was putting up the groceries. Yeah, so he's putting up the groceries. But who <laughs> should show up but our main man, Angry Mark Wahlberg? And yeah, he buddy. does to, to... Angry Mark Wahlberg does to Matt Damon what Matt Damon did to everybody else in the movie and shoots him dead. And then walks out. 
in credits. So everybody's dead in this movie except for Mark Wahlberg. What do you do now? How are they going to make a sequel when everybody's dead? That would be a good yeah. <laughs> that would not be a good movie. It'd just be Mark Wahlberg Amazing. at the bar. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the sequel to this movie is actually the other guys. You just don't know. It's just in the same world, but oh. he's had to change his name to escape mob focus. Nah, and then he shot Derek Jeter. Now, what I was thinking, he leaves, right? He shoots Matt Damon, right? Like, leaves the apartment, goes back to get his orange juice that he spilled, right? Picks it up, drinks it. Then the other dirty cop shoots him. <laughs> right? It's a big-ass circle. And then it's like, departed too. Right? Now. Yeah. Anyway, that's, I don't know where I was going that. With that would not be a good film. Uh, as, as opposed <laughs> to this one, this is a very good movie. It's worth yeah, watching. I uh, I, it's not Goodfellas. Uh, by any means, but it's thrilling. It's lots of tense scenes uh, and tons of murder and violence. Uh, I grade this movie a B plus. Mm-hmm. Go on, put that in Excel sheet. Yeah, you better do it too. Damn, I thought I was going to be an A. Uh, it, so the reason it's not an A is that it. some of the scenes are kind of long in the tooth. There's a lot of mob stuff. And I've seen this type of movie before, right? Um, but they, they, this one's done the best. Is it? Is it better than be. Goodfellas? All right, yeah, B plus it is. Okay, <laughs> I'm just quit. I don't, you know, I'm asking you. I'm, you, I mean, they're two. It's to a me, good two different. Remember what we say that B plus is still a great movie. Oh no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of your question. How you said, is it better than Goodfellas? So I'm like, is it? But they're like kind of two different films, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, they are, because Goodfellas is definitely all about inside the mob, and there is no real police element in that movie, where this is kind of like dealing with people who, I don't, not both people are crooked, but both sides have someone in their midst who shouldn't yeah. be there, and the concept of them and finding each is, other out is cool. Yeah, and the other, there's another twist that we, we haven't touched on there yet, but I mean, we don't need to spend too much time on it, is the fact that... Jack Nicholson was also a rat. He was a rat to the FBI. Yeah, I <laughs> he thought... He was snitching on people. Yeah, but that just kind of never really... I, I think that, though, was kind of the turning point for Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. He's like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's definitely it. Yeah, like, yeah. he's like... That's when he kind of found out that yeah, then, he wasn't who he thought he like, was. Hey, he's going to rat me out. You know? Exactly. So he's got to die. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. So there that's why he shot him. A minus. <laughs> you fixed the movie. A minus. This is A minus. There movie. We this go. is a good movie. Boom. That's how we do business around here. Cool. All right, man. Well, on to number two. Yeah. Uh, so now we had. Let me, the, let me start off. We had the ability to watch this movie together. Yeah, I th- I kind of like it that way. I think we should do that going forward. So let me let me tell the audience real quick. So what happened? So, uh, in all truthful and honesty, uh, I was not looking forward to this movie. I was thinking Stardust was some type of, which I love space, but I, I thought it was some type of bull crap. You know, like oh man, some space thing. I don't know. Anyway, so I was like, hey, you know what? I'll make Jeff watch it. <laughs> but man, oh man, um, I was pleasantly surprised. So. 
uh, Stardust. If you guys haven't seen it, it's currently streaming on Netflix right now. Um, unbeknownst to me, uh, my cousin owns it too. I talked to him about this film. I said, hey, you know, I'm going to be doing the podcast and I'll watch this movie Stardust. He goes, Stardust? And he goes, he named some actors. He goes, that's a good ass movie. I'm like, yeah. oh, you've seen it? I was shocked. This is not a movie that I didn't think my cousin would would watch. Yeah, and anyway. if you listen back to the last episode, Elliot didn't think you would like it, and then even before we sat down and watched it, I'm like, I don't know if this is a Jason movie. I don't know. <laughs> boy, boy, that beginning, man, i like, what the hell is this? Hey, so I even had my, my webcam on so Jeff can watch me watch the movie, so he knows I'm really invested into it. I, it, it was pretty good, so... This film right here, Stardust, I'm not going to go into too much detail. Uh, I'm just going to hit some highlights and some stuff that I really enjoyed. Some stuff I didn't enjoy in the movie. But uh, the big synopsis is uh, uh, this guy, Charlie Cox. He is the character called Tristan Thorne. And he's trying to win the heart of his beloved um, with who is Sienna Miller. Uh, she's Victoria. Some blonde girl, man really pretty you know he wants to he wants to woo her and uh to show his love he's gonna go out to a realm of fairies right it's fairies right he goes to, well, out to it's a, a, realm it's of a fairies fantasy un- realm it's not yes, like yes, it's specifically it's fairies it's like a fantasy realm there's kings and knights and witches and all that stuff it's just just kind of your typical you know, fantasy the realm. one confusing thing and i guess i don't know too much about this you know this magic and movies and all i, I don't know I, you know, I, I assume that when you go to another realm, you know, you go through a portal or something like that. And, and this movie, if you go to another realm, uh, you just walk about 100 paces east <laughs> over the and wall. past the wall <laughs> with a hole. And I guess they had no budgetary uh, in their it's transportation the department. It's from the book. To fix, <laughs> to fix a hole in the wall. Uh, whatever. And anyway, they got but old you Yo, I thought it was the dude from um from the the theme park commercials. Uh, was it Bush Gardens, right? Uh, like that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, oh, hold on. You know the commercials? Like it does a song. It's like that old bald dude dancing. No, nope. like he's like, hey man, I'm gonna go. Oh my god. Anyway, I <laughs> maybe that'll be my movie next week. <laughs> watch, watch a, a two minute commercial. This is the life. <laughs> I'm telling you, you've seen this commercial. Anyway, I thought that dude who was in that commercial was in this movie. He could be. I don't know. Uh, it's David Kelly. Uh, I probably got to look him up now. Someone in the um, in the Twitter sphere will let us know. Anyway, back to the story. Tristan must woo his woman that he wants to have a relationship with by getting a fallen star. Unbeknownst to him, when he actually goes across this wall... To retrieve the fallen star, uh, which we would think is some type of space rocks, which I'm like, oh, cool. This is where the movie Stardust comes from. Boy, was I wrong. It's a lady, right? Uh, what's her name, bro? Uh, Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Uh, Yvain. So, Yvain is at the bottom of this crater. And she's wearing this necklace, which is the star. And nope. what they... Nope. nope. All right. She's the star. Oh, yeah. She's, she's the star. The star. Yeah, yeah, so, the necklace... She's the star is so, so there's these princes that are fighting over the throne and oh they threw the necklace and it, and it knocked the her out of the sky exactly. ah yeah so anyway so peep this guys uh 
scars in this film are not uh, hot gases burning billions of miles away, as the Lion King says. It's legit women out there twinkling. <laughs> <laughs> so, straight up, I'm going to be real honest with you, right? This is the vision I had in my mind, okay? Don't judge me for it. But you know, like when they they open them cheeks oh. and it makes it wink and it's like, oh. <laughs> like this, this is why they're so bright. Welcome back to Film Soliloquy, everyone. <laughs> oh, man, anyway. So, uh, these princes, right? The dad, the king, he's, he's on his deathbed. He's like, hey, if you want to come, if you want to be king, you know, you got to kill your brothers and stuff. And you have to also come after this necklace and they'll give you this divine power to be king and stuff like that. What's really cool, because this movie was not having it with me, is what when the brothers of these princess brothers are trying to kill each other. Like <laughs> at the very beginning of the film, one of the brothers pushed him off a cliff <laughs> and then uh his spirit is like in another realm but he's also he's like i guess he's burdened with watching his other brothers try to become king so they have to their their ghosts and spirits have to stay with them anyway so um yvain is basically in is, is uh is in great danger um tristan must save her and shit like that. man dude i i can go on about this no, okay, let me tell so you some hot stuff yeah. <laughs> who's she running from though I, I was getting to that part. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah. My bad. So, the reason she's in great danger, right? There are these three witches, and they old as dirt, right? <laughs> and uh, one of them is Michelle Pfeiffer. And, man, they the, the makeup artist on there is really great. They made them look really, really old. And what they need to stay young is they need to eat the heart of a star, right? And if they eat the heart of a star... They get, uh, they can have like everlasting life. They can return back to their young selves. So the witches are on this quest to find the star that has fallen to the ground and eat her heart. And uh, they, I guess, they have like a piece of a heart left from somebody. So they, they eat a piece. She eats a piece of it, and she's the, she turns back to her younger self and tries to go out into a journey to, to capture, um, Yvain, uh, and a lot of people are after this person. So, I mean, we have, we have one of the princes. Um, he's killed basically almost all of his brothers. And he's trying to get the necklace. Uh, but then he also realizes that the necklace is also being accompanied by the star. So, in turn, if he uh, eats her heart, then he would have everlasting life. And he's going to be the king forever. Right? And also, the person who can bestow this necklace has to be the bloodline um within the family um so just straight up spoiler alert i'm gonna go ahead and ruin it right now for you guys tristan is actually in the bloodline of this family he's um a illegitimate son of a sister within the prince's group so she's a sister and she is the he's the illegitimate illegitimate child of that person who happens to be his dad was in the same town when he left the wall the first time and now the son's basically doing the same thing, father footsteps going across the wall. Anyway, amazing. There's several things I gotta talk about this film, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's this, uh, there's this guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so check this out. Robert De Niro is in this film, and the dude's name is Captain Shakespeare. <laughs> and 
straight up, he is like your typical Robert De Niro. Badass, mean as but hell. He's, a, he's an air Robert. pirate. Yeah, he's an air pirate, right? So in this realm, the way he gets his money is he flies around in a pirate ship that's not in the sea, it's in the air. And he captures lightning and sells it on the black market, right? And he captures the lightning bolt and places it in some type of cylindrical, cylindrical sphere, not sphere, but cylindrical tube. And uh, he sells it on the black market. So it's pretty cool. But he also is really kind at heart. Uh, he is uh, a homosexual pirate. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> But it's awesome. Like, it, that's just not something that you would see Robert De Niro play. And, like, he's, like, wearing dresses. And he talks, you know, very femininely. <laughs> but he has to keep his persona that he's this, he's this badass pirate. Right. He doesn't want anyone and, to take advantage of him. And he's got to yeah, keep his dude. crew, you know, like, there's that interrogation scene where he's <laughs> talking like he's going to kill him. <laughs> Yep. Just to keep and so he puts up. him on underneath and then he like he, basically how he because he really doesn't like killing people. He just throws uh, fake mannequins out the side of his ship and then pretends that he's killed somebody. And it's, you know, it basically keeps his his crewmen in line. It's it's pretty amazing. Man. <laughs> uh, what's another good scene I like, man? Um, well, you got to so There's a point where they're going to kill Robert De Niro, right? The prince finds him. And he's going to kill Robert De Niro because he wants to find out where the star and Tristan have gone. And uh, his crew runs in and he's in drag. And he's like, well, guys, <laughs> this is me. And they're like, yeah, we always knew anyway. It didn't matter to them. They just love their captain. So it's like, uh, I love that part of the movie because it was like, he's trying to impress them, but they already kind of knew. And so they were really pretending to be impressed for his sake. So he could keep mm-hmm. his confidence. I love that scene. That's one of my favorite. Scenes. I love it too. Yeah. That's that's probably one. Yeah, that is the my favorite scene, and it's it's it lifts up the movie. It has that comedy aspect to it, which is the movie's full of comedy. But that right there really like encapsulated it for me, man. It's like it really made the film enjoyable. It had a character that I really clung to and really loved, and I enjoyed seeing him on screen. Because uh, basically, this whole movie is them trying to. She, he, he now that he has the star and he has, uh, you know, in in his hands, he's gonna go back to town to the wall to go impress his his girlfriend. Who, well, not even his girlfriend. He's just trying to impress her, and she's actually slated to get married to some other dude who is Mark uh, Henry Cavill, right? Superman. <laughs> Got Superman in this movie, and his name's Humphrey. Like he's a dick. <laughs> 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 but um. Yeah, and Humphrey is always trying to sword fight with uh, with Tristan, and throughout this film, um, he actually learns how to uh, be a really good swordsman uh, through Captain Shakespeare, Robert De Niro's character. <clears throat> so just towards the end, I mean this this film is great, man. I mean I'm I haven't given the letter grade yet, but you kind of see where I'm going to. Mm-hmm. This this is a really great film. Uh, there's a lot of memorable scenes. Uh, the end is really great. Uh, we have a, a a great fight scene coming about where. Um, 
we now have the protagonist and antagonist coming up meeting in um a, meeting in the witch's castle so you have michelle pfeiffer's uh character mm -hmm. there he has she has captured the star she's about to do the ritual and cut her heart out but uh tristan and the prince have joined forces together to come to to go in there and fight um the witch and uh one of the scenes reminds me of like anytime we're playing Warzone, right? So like they have an opportunity, like some uh, someone's in a fight and they about to they about to go into a gunplay with the the main enemy, and we got someone over there resin trying to rest somebody who's they've already been rest, but they chilling, they like <laughs> trying to find loot and stuff, yep, and just help 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 me fight, man, come on, man. <laughs> anyway, the prince gets his ass whooped because. No one was there to help. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, like there was so many opportunities for Tristan to help him in that fight, but he just stood there talking to who uh fast well, obviously I'm skipping a lot, but he finds his mom there and so he's talking to her instead of helping the prince. But anyway, dude gotta die, he's a dick anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh yep, so uh ends up Tristan uh fights. Uh he gets to Michelle Pfeiffer and she's like he, Tristan has killed her, her sisters and she's like the only one left and she she did a really good job like acting on that part this is where I literally thought the movie was going to end right here and it was just going to be like a like kind of like a happy ending mm -hmm. well, kind of and I thought Michelle Pfeiffer like legit gave up man she was crying she was like what's the point of fighting anymore you know I've already lost everything that I that I have I don't have what's what's the point of having eternal life if I can't enjoy it with my sisters and so like she's like just go just leave my castle and i was like oh well this is this is not how it's gonna turn out mm -hmm. to be but hell no nah, boy <laughs> it's just like how it turned out to be she locked them damn doors up boy <laughs> she was by the wolf so help me you gotta remind me though because i kind of blank at this part so after she closed the doors how does he get the best of her okay like so this? you remember because you said that you asked about it because oh yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead go so ahead. part of the thing the nh pepper this throughout the movie but since claire danes is a star when she's happy she kind of shines bright and even robert de niro warns her hey you want to be careful with that because people will know you're a star and stars are highly sought after for like we said uh but anytime she's around tristan she's able to shine bright because she's in love with him so she notices this in herself and she tells tristan to close his eyes and she hugs him and then she shines super bright and basically vaporizes the witch. That's right. Yep. And Jason goes, yeah. why didn't you do this the whole time? And then Tristan <laughs> in the movie goes, why didn't you do this the whole time? <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and then they quickly explain that her love, her happiness wasn't uh, at that level yet until she found that love. with When he Tristan. came to save her. So Yep. So then that's when she was able to to shine bright like diamond kind of a thing, like that song, but like star. Anyway, good ass movie. Um, they end up living happily ever after. Obviously, she can't die because she's a damn star. Tristan starts to get old, nah, but they have plenty of kids. He can't plenty die of either. Because she can't die. He has her heart, but he has it. Oh, metaphorically. I he had to eat it. Oh, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I get I it thought, now. <laughs> I get it. Now. Yo, I legit thought like she sacrificed herself. 
No, she turned them both into stars once they got and, sick of running yeah, and the it, kingdom. Yo, oh, so peep this, peep this. All right, listen, if you know anything about astronomy, right? So you know stars aren't that close together, right? Yeah. If you see a star at like the northern hemisphere of your of your optic nerve vision, right? Say if you're facing 365 degrees west, which that's really north. Damn, I really miss. There's not even 365 degrees. Let's just get to the point, man. <laughs> anyway. Stars are really far away. So if you want to live happily ever after, why the hell would you fling your man about 18 billion light years away in the other direction? Well, how, like, let me ask really you a question. How long did it take for them to get from where they were to 18 billion light years away? Like a second. Boy, real quick. You're right. Yeah, so you ain't that far away. He farted. Distance is relative when you, when you fast, right? Oh, that brings me back to the candle, right? The black oh, candle. Man. That was pretty cool. So, <laughs> anyway, watch the movie. Yeah, you Let's forgot see. about the Billy Goat Man. He was awesome. Oh, <laughs> That's right. Ricky Gervais. Oh, so this. Man, F Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, the Billy Goat Man. Oh, my. That, all right. So, picture a guy, right? Picture a goat, right? And then turn a goat into a man, which they did in the film. <laughs> and he looks exactly like a goat, acts like a goat, talks like a goat, walks like a goat. <laughs> that was so good. That was the other scene. Yeah, that's, I love that movie. Anyway, bro, A minus, man. Oh, a minus movie. It's a, it's a rare A minus day. What a return oh. for film soliloquy. I couldn't believe it. It's, that movie completely shocked me. It, it, it was beyond my expectations. Yeah, when I was sitting um, there watching it with you, and I'm glad I get to call it an A minus from here on out. But I'm like watching. I'm like, damn, I love this movie. Like I'm smiling. I'm looking at you on Zoom or not Zoom, but Duo, and you're smiling at the same things I'm smiling. At. It's just a fun movie. And when you're done watching it, you feel good. It's a good movie. Good, good movie. Good A minus movie. Yeah, indeed. Good aim on this movie. All right, man. Do you know what movie you're going to give me next? I sure do. So here at the end of the episode, uh, we uh, exchange movies. We tell what we're going to watch for the next episode, which could be anywhere from one week to six months from now. But either way, we're going to get it watched <laughs> and then record an episode about it and hope you'll still be here to listen. Uh, but if I, I, I'm debating on what movie to give you, so I want you to go ahead and go first. All right, man. Have you ever seen TV show <clears throat> The Office? Yes, of course I have. You know I have. All right, cool. So, like, you remember, like, in season one, two, and three, Pam has a fiance, right? Yes. Yeah, that dude's in this movie. Oh, David. Yeah, he was David. in um Brightburn. Oh, really? Yeah, he's he pretty good actor, man. Oh. <clears throat> Yeah, man. He's in this film. Oh, that's the best star we got, huh? Woohoo. This is going to be good. (laughs) 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 Hey, you ever seen seen Deadpool? You know I've seen Deadpool. I know you've seen Deadpool. Anyway, so remember Deadpool has a girlfriend, right? Yep. Who's a freak. She's in this movie. Okay, she was also in Firefly. Her name is Marana Bacarin. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Bacarin. We haven't hung out yet. And, uh, and, Pete, this, it has Jeff's 
wife's favorite man. Oh, Gerard Butler. Yeah, buddy, Gerard Butler. Is this like White House Down? Please don't be White House Down or some garbage like that. <laughs> oh, you know, after they they went to London, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, bro, I called it, man. Do you remember this conversation? I'm like, all right, so you saved them in America. You saved them in London. <laughs> yeah. um, they got to flip the script. He's now the enemy. <laughs> There's no way in hell, dude. I'm not watching it. <laughs> London sucked. Oh my god. Anyway, this movie is disaster movie, bro. Oh no, Greenland. Oh. You're welcome. It's only two hours. It's good. Well, I was gonna give you an awesome comedy, but I've changed my mind now. Bro, it's a good movie. Oh, I'm sure it's great. It's a disaster movie. Everyone loves those, you know. Me too. Day after tomorrow. Ah. Hey, that was. Hey man, that was a classic. That, what? I learned everything 2012? about Did you like 2012? global warming. Hey, 2012, that was historical documentation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm debating on making you depressed or making you laugh with this next movie. Whatever it is, you're gonna, you're gonna watch, we're going to watch it together. <laughs> Boy, so, I don't know if I want to see a grown man cry, so I don't know if I'm going to give you this one then. Well, if we're going to... All right. Let's laugh then. All right. Uh, so let me, let me pull up some information on this. All right, so this movie came out in 1998. All right, it stars. Oh, actually, I should tell you who directed this movie. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Bob Saget. <laughs> <laughs> he directed this movie, but check out this cast, though. All right, All right. we got Norm McDonald, right? You know who that is? You damn right. We got Chevy Chase, right? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Uh, we got, um, uh, I'm trying to save the other big name. Uh, anyway, that's the main characters, but, uh, Artie Lang and, uh, the big cameo though is the late, great Chris Farley is in this movie as well. Oh, it's a pretty good movie. It also stars the guy, you know, champ from Anchorman. Why? Oh yeah, he's in the, this too. like he has like the sideways mouth. Yeah. I always thought he about has that, that in yeah. this too. But anyway, this movie he has it in this too. I think. <laughs> yeah, this movie is called <laughs> Dirty Work. Never heard of it. Yeah, but it's fun. We're gonna watch it together. We're gonna have a good time. It's it's a funny movie. I can't wait to watch Greenland again. Oh God, I don't want to watch Greenland. I don't like disaster movies, man. I know, I want you to tear this one a new egg. <laughs> oh, are we giving <laughs> movies out on that reason? <laughs> I love this movie, but it has some critiques. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, this is Film Soliloquy. If you want to get at us, we're on Twitter, uh, at Film Soliloquy. Uh, what else do we say? Oh, yeah, our music, our awesome music is by Sir Flame. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram, at Sir Flame. So, Jason... What's your prediction on when this next episode's coming out? We're watching this movie tomorrow. What, Greenland or Dirty Work? Uh, Dirty Work. Oh, man. hell I yeah. Wake up. Dirty Work. It's Dirty only 90 work. minutes. Wait, hold up. You said your movie's... My movie's two hours. 120 minutes. Yeah, man. 122 yeah. minutes. No. I mean, <laughs> one hour and 20... <laughs> one hour and 22 minutes. Anyway, yeah. this is Film Soliloquy. Thanks for listening. 
Yeah, like we always do it this time I go for mine and made plans for yours Cause I got the shine Go bar for bar, go line for line Like Kobe in 99, I'm so close to prime Bad bitch by my side, I'm so close behind We living in a moment, there's no post to vine You think there was a deal that I'm supposed to sign The game's just a mountain that I'm supposed to climb I remember, man, 11 years old when I made it to go Up in Fayetteville, I related to cold Fresh bubble jacket, shit, I hated the cold But when winter come around, we would play in the snow They had enough North Sway, so I made it